Hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the Jan 31st edition. For today, the three things I have, starting off with three popular misconceptions, say when we use intermittent fasting for fat loss and catching up on sleep and what happens if we have a big layoff from strength training. The second one, three quotes featuring Bruce Lee, Thich Nhat Hanh, and Pavel Satsalin. And finally, a student story which I loved writing because it allowed me to go back to several conversations I've had about this student who had the clarity and courage to say no to the most common goal of I want to get extreme fat loss. All right, so let's get on with the three things for today. Starting with three misconceptions. Now, there's no reason why I picked these three. It's just things that come up pretty regularly. Intermittent fasting. Now, there are many health benefits and there are many different protocols for intermittent fasting. And different religions have fasting in them for, well, some of these reasons which, you know, we've forgotten. Say Ramzan, for example, has a fast from morning till evening, say, think about it as breakfast to dinner and skipping lunch. Or the more popular uh, IF protocols are the 16-8, which is basically, say, you eat dinner at 9, then you don't eat the next 16 hours, which takes you to lunch at 1 p.m. So your feeding window is 1 in the afternoon to 9 in the night. Now, why does IF work for fat loss? Because most people just use IF for fat loss more than anything else. For the simple reason that our feeding window is restricted. Now, I am, I am grossly oversimplifying IF here, but again, this is about IF and why it works in the realm of fat loss. There's only so much you can stuff your face in in eight hours. Think about it this way. Let's say you eat breakfast, lunch, a snack, and dinner. Well, now we have eight hours, and you are probably going to skip a meal, right? You're not going to have four meals in those eight hours. You're probably going to have three meals in those eight hours. And sure, lunch is going to be bigger than your usual lunch. Dinner is going to be bigger than your usual dinner. But most times it doesn't add up to what you were eating previously. In fact, most diets work this way. Why does the low carb diet work? Well, you end up consuming lesser calories. Why does the low fat diet work? Well, similar reasons. Any diet that seems to work for fat loss works because in some way you're tricking yourself into eating lesser. Now sure the blah blah blahs might be more complex than that but this is pretty much why they work for fat loss. The second misconception this is something I hear from my students quite often when they take a break from coming into the quad and they come back and you know everything feels so much heavier 
than it used to. Well, duh, of course it's going to feel heavier because you haven't lifted in a while. But while it might feel like you're starting off at zero, you're really not. For one, say you know the squat movement pattern, well, you're not going to forget the squat movement pattern. Even if you've done your utmost to forget it or ruin your movement patterns, it's not going to take you as much time to figure it out like the previous time. Second, the neuromuscular coordination that you've built, sure, some of it might have eroded, but it's there. It's there somewhere. There is a mind-muscle connection. And the second time around, it's much, much easier to get back to your old place. Yes, there is going to be a drop in strength, but you can reclaim it pretty soon. Only if we have a two-week layoff are our strength levels not affected, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking a quarter or even a year off. So don't let that bother you. Just start. It's like riding a bike. It'll come back to you pretty soon. And the third thing, catching up on sleep. Over the pandemic, a lot of us you now have been on call at stupid hours because we have to work at a different time zone and then we got to wake up in our time zone to either take care of household stuff or work in our time zone. And what does that mean? Sleep. Sleep gets sacrificed. So what tends to happen is you spend a lot of time over the weekend catching up on sleep because you're just exhausted. And maybe you even nap during the weekends to catch up on sleep. So let's say four hours a day or five hours a day over the weekdays, that's 25 hours. And then you're sleeping 12 hours over the weekends. Well, that averages out to seven. But unfortunately, the body doesn't work that way. So don't do this if you can help it. If you can't help it, well, fix the core issue and try to get sleep right more often than not. Now, don't get anxious if you don't. Just remember that this is where you need to go to. That's the point of this. And the last, uh, well, actually, those are the three things. And I am done with this topic. So let's get on with our three quotes for today. Starts off with, The Zen Buddhist, Thich Nhat Hanh, peace can be practiced while chopping vegetables, cooking, washing dishes, watering the vegetable garden, and also while driving or working. Practice releasing tension in body and mind and being completely with your task. The time when you work in the kitchen is also the time for meditation. As I am making my baby steps into meditation, this is something that I'm starting to realize, which is you cannot simply spend you know, the 10 or 20 or 30 minutes meditating and expect something magical 
to happen. You have to practice whatever it is you're trying to learn into the other parts of your day. One of my students, uh, she told me this uh, a while back when I was spending uh, a lot of time doing dishes. I would listen to a podcast because you know, it was mind-numbingly boring. And she told me this, but I didn't understand it back then. But slowly starting to understand it. While I still do find washing dishes a chore, what I've realized is, but there are other things where I can not have a distraction. Say going on a walk. If it's too noisy outside, I'd rather listen to something. But anything else that I'm trying to do, trying not to have a book or a phone and just you know, get used to being a little bored, get used to not trying to engage myself and just letting, letting go. In the beginning, it's horrible uh, because you know, your mind is nonstop, but it seems to get better. The quote by Bruce Lee, one should seek good balance in motion and not in stillness. Now, this comes in the, uh, in the midst of his uh, martial arts explanations and explorations, but to me, it resonated with the previous post about you know, practicing meditation, not just while meditating, but in life. Same way, practicing balance in motion and not just in stillness. And of course, it makes total sense uh, in training as well, not just in life or in martial arts. And the last quote is by Pavel. This comes from his book, Enter the Kettlebell. Just because your back started hurting immediately following a given activity, you should not automatically blame the activity. Things are not always as they appear to be. Most likely, it was your slouch. Now, Powell is very specific about something about back pain here, say after doing something like a kettlebell swing, because when we get tired, we immediately slouch. We round our back and we just let go, which tends to hurt us. Now, very specifically in terms of strength work, you wanna squeeze your glutes and do some back bends in the say arching back but this also applies in a larger context in that don't zone out as soon as you think you're done with the set the set is not done until you park the bell that brings great discipline to your training and also instead of zoning out during your strength training sessions or being distracted say by listening to something else something I used to do all the time. Try and stay in the moment. Try and stay focused and enjoy it. Don't try to force it, but simply enjoy it. The more we are switched on, the more we're training that. The reason I bring this up, injuries tend to happen when we are picking up the bell or putting the bell down. 
stay switched on and you won't get injured. A student story. Now this one is from a few years ago and just a preamble to these uh, student stories that I've been doing. What I'm attempting to do is chronicle a part of a journey of a student of mine. Now this is obviously based on conversations I've had, interactions I've had specifically or not with this student. But it is also my interpretation of events with my prejudices and my opinions. So I'm not trying to sugarcoat them or anything uh, like it. I'm not trying to present a different version of the truth. This is simply how I view things. And there are so many patterns of behavior that seem to repeat, even though there are so many unique instances happening. And I seem to learn quite a bit as I reflect on this, on how I could have taught better in this situation, as well as what can I actually do about it to myself as a student. So anyway, this story is about SS. They joined uh, us at the quad many years ago. They trained with me for a few years and a very coachable student. Showed up, never an issue, was a student of strength, wasn't silly about wanting to lift this much or go there or anything like that. Practiced technique and form and very patient about it. And also wanted fat loss, which is honestly what 98% of us want. And we believe we have a very sustainable nutritional framework at the quad. You know, don't, don't eat quinoa or weird stuff like that because that's not really in your eating vocabulary. You eat what you generally eat. But you got to fix your portion sizes and ratios because we tend to eat too much rice. Anyway, they immerse themselves and... Over the course of a year, year and a half, got into terrific shape, which was their goal. Now, their goal was extremely personal. They wanted to look like how they used to look a few years ago. Because back then, people would constantly compliment them on how good they looked. Now, there is quite a bit of programming done to us which makes us search for these things and plugs these desires in there. Obviously, compliments make us feel good. So over time, you tend to think that that's something you want because you got temporary happiness from somebody else telling you that you look good, right? Whether it's peer pressure, whether it's just the fads, we just get caught up in the noise. It happens to all of us. And the point of the story, rather the story starts with SS hitting their fat loss goals because they realized 
that didn't actually make them happy. They realized they had a, over the course of this, developed an unsustainable relationship with food and with their body. And over the course of several conversations with SS, I was able to understand this. They had the courage and they had the clarity to say, this isn't making me happy. And to reject that populist notion of fat loss or looking thin being good for you. Because what was meant to be a healthy change of lifestyle turned into this extremely unhealthy shift. Anytime they ate their favorite foods, they felt guilty. They felt like they were doing something terrible, which, which is bad, right? And they figured this out for themselves. What I learned over the course of this, you got to know what you want, what you truly want and what truly makes you happy. And this is so much harder than it sounds because how much of it is external programming, you know, things, people around you, your friends and family and the media has been telling you from when you were a kid and how much of it is truly your own thought because you think those are your thoughts we all do right and we keep repeating these stories to ourselves and so it sounds like our own but it's just external programming and given that we're all a little too busy unfortunately we don't even have time to stop and sift through this noise we just assume since it's coming from up here that that is how it is what I learned, being thin or being strong or whatever has nothing to do with actually filling that gap inside of us. Because we're not actually going for that feeling of thinness or being strong. We're going for what change that leads to inside of us. That is what we are actually looking for, not the actual effect or goal we think it is. Another lesson that I learned from SS was here I am thinking, you know, we have a sustainable nutrition framework. But a sustainable framework has to go with a sustainable mindset and a mental approach and clarity and peace of mind. Without that, anything can become obsessive. Right? We can even misinterpret the best advice in the world and screw it up. SS showed up, they ate the way we recommended, they got into the shape they wanted. If you look at it as a before-after, it was perfect, except it wasn't, because that's not what it is about at all. What they went through, they got to their goal, and then they realized it was actually an awful place to be, and that's where it started. They went on a journey of discovery, and... I am genuinely glad that I was there and they shared this with me along the way. Now, this is why I believe you got to take ownership of the process. You got to do what you think is right for you because more than a goal, it is a journey. Many times we don't understand ourselves at all. That's why it's absolutely fine to set silly, superficial goals 
and get going towards them because when you reach that goal, you might realize that's not what you wanted at all and something else opens up. It's actually easy to set goals in the weight room. I want to squat, whatever. But really, what does that get you? That's not what you're looking for. But get there and figure out what you're looking for. And even though SS goals seem to do something harmful, in the end, all worked out because it took them to a better place, was an integral part of their journey and evolution. The final thing I seem to have learned from this, I want to read this because I wrote it better. The point of teaching is not to give an answer. The point of teaching, I think, is to get the student to ask a better question of themselves. And from my side, to keep my ears and eyes open to constantly learn. So thank you for inspiring me and sharing your journey with me. I hope this rang a bell for some of us. Thanks for listening. And that's pretty much it from me for this week. If you found any of these posts useful, I'd love it if you shared it with one of your friends or family. If not, that's okay. You take care. Have a good rest of the Sunday and a great week ahead. And I'll see you next week. This is Coach AA signing off. Bye.